Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, I not missed, I did not discuss a, a rumor from earlier in the week about Quinn Snyder, current coach of the Utah Jazz, and somebody who is apparently, it would sound like, on not just the Lakers, but several teams' radar, uh, should he be let go from a Utah organization that is looking like they kind of sort of need a reset. So I'm going to discuss what that might mean for the Lakers, my thoughts on Frank Vogel as things stand, and where the Lakers would go if he does potentially become available. So the Utah Jazz are in that kind of age-old situation of the organization has has really plateaued. Uh, They don't seem to be making any progress as it was. You know, they they have always felt pretty fraudulent from the get-go. And uh, a lot of it had to do with the fact that their best player is a combo guard who is not particularly good on defense. And their best defensive player uh, is not good enough offensively to not be taken advantage of on that end as well. So, and then, and then, you know, Gobert also dealt with the issues in, in the pick and roll in the postseason, having to guard elite guards rather than going up against, uh, you know, kind of mediocre guards during the regular season. And, and that's all, that's all whatever. Right. But at the end of the day for Utah, it's a lot easier to fire a coach than it is to get rid of a star. And, that doesn't mean that they won't fire the coach and get rid of a star. Doesn't even mean that they would fire the coach at all. Like my my people, uh, my my friends who cover the Utah Jazz are pretty adamant that it would be pretty surprising if they fired uh, Quinn Snyder after all of this. Uh, he's a very good coach, is the thing. I just think you know, if, if for from historically how organizations typically operate, usually it's the coach first. And then it's the stars. See the Lakers, comma, Los Angeles, right? So, uh, but regardless, I, I, I'm going to look at this through the perspective of if he became available, what that would mean for the Lakers, how they would have to pursue him, and why he makes sense. Why, by the way, he's on their radar from the very get-go here. We know the Lakers like former Lakers, and Quinn Snyder was on Mike Brown's staff now, not exactly a, a vaunted Mike Brown staff, or not not even like because there have been some guys who went on and did some good things from that Mike Brown staff. I just mean when you look at the chapters of Lakers history, that's not one that you would normally pull from. But still, he does have those Lakers ties, which is something that, as evidenced by this roster and just the way that the Lakers have always operated, this is something that that tends to matter to them. So uh, that it makes sense that he would be on their radar beyond the fact that he's a really, really good coach. Uh, is he better than Frank Vogel? I think that's worth discussing. I want to say yes. I want to say that yes, Quinn Snyder is a better coach than Frank Vogel. I, I don't necessarily know how to judge Frank Vogel, though, given the fact that this year he was so clearly impeded by a bad roster and a daunting contract slash employment situation that, look, they beat the Utah Jazz. And the next morning, the report was, man, it's a good thing they won that game or else Frank Vogel would have been fired, right? 
So it's just such an abnormal and frankly toxic environment for a coach to coach in that it becomes basically impossible to really kind of judge what he's capable of. That said, we have seen this guy win a championship. We have seen this guy take kind of weird-fitting parts and still get a very good defense out of it, despite injuries, by the way. Last year's defense was, I think, the best in the league statistically, uh, despite not having Anthony Davis for stretches of it, despite not having LeBron James for stretches of it. So we, he is an elite defensive head coach, de- elite defensive coach. And as soon as he's fired, by the way, he's going to get swooped up uh, either to coach a, a, a team as a head coach or absolutely as an assistant coach somewhere. It's just a matter also of whether he wants to take a year break so that he can collect all the money that he is owed from the Lakers as the head coach. You don't want to uh, trip off any kind of contractual situations there. But for comparing him to Quinn Snyder, it's always really difficult. It's basically impossible to do this because they never coach the same roster. What I will say, though, is Quinn Snyder is known as somebody who is more uh, creative offensively, and he does get after his teams defensively. So if the Lakers take a minor step back defensively and get leaps and bounds better offensively, then cool. I think it winds up being a net positive. That said, you always kind of worry, and I know there are going to to be people who are going to say, oh, don't do the whole LeBron doesn't like being coached on offense narrative thing. Okay, fine. But like those narratives come from somewhere you realize that right uh these whispers about lebron on that side of the ball don't come from nowhere and so if quinn snyder is allowed to be creative and he's allowed to like right now one of the things we've seen as the lakers have looked better is we've seen a lot more of lebron in the short roll which allows him to get the ball against an uh, disadvantaged defense and it allows him to just kind of pick apart that defense. And I, I would love to see more of that if and when Anthony Davis comes back. More on Davis here in a bit. But uh, if if LeBron still wants to just run LeBron ball and you are taking a step back in terms of what your head coach can offer defensively, then that winds up being a net negative. And, and look, uh, I, I do think whichever coach comes in here next is going to get more buy-in from LeBron, and there are going to be degrees to this, uh, where you know certain coaches might get more buy-in from LeBron, uh, and, and compared to others. And I think every coach who comes in here, compared to Frank Vogel, is going to get more buy-in um, and more trust for whatever reason. It's weird how quickly the trust, not just with LeBron but organizationally, seemed to erode with Frank Vogel. But again. That's a, a different topic altogether. As it pertains to Quinn Snyder specifically, this is somebody who is very well respected around the league. This is somebody who has a track record with all kinds of players and is is regarded as somebody who is very good at purveying his message. Um, now, if if that's the kind of coach that that LeBron is open to, then awesome. Uh, I would like for them to to you know pursue some defensive. Uh, assistant coaches for that bench and and the other thing too here and this is the big one is are the lakers willing to spend
quietly, we got another report about the Tai Lu situation. And now it was presented as if the Lakers were low ball, like just absolutely and hilariously low balling Tai Lu. In terms of year over year salary, I think it was about a million dollar difference. Um, and and uh, and then you know the big difference though is that the years that were being offered. Tyloo wanted a year past LeBron's contract situation. Uh, for I, I I think that's a perfectly fair ask for a championship level head coach whom you're bringing over specifically to work with LeBron. Uh, and everybody knows it, so why not try to get the extra year of security uh, for her, depending on however this all that would have gone down um, with Frank Vogel. They, the Lakers, chose to, you know, extend him only in terms of the uh, semantic definition of extending his contract situation. Uh, it was not an extension with any real trust involved in it. So if they do, if they are interested in Quinn Snyder, though, there is going to be competition. And what competition means is that you're going to have to pay up. And look, this Lakers organization since Phil Jackson has not been interested in paying Big time head coaches. This is this is not something that they've that they've shown a willingness to do. Basically, their approach to everybody in an organization is unless you're an absolute superstar, and we can define a a tangible difference between you and other people at your position, then you can go. If you can, then we'll keep you around for as long as you want to be around. But if you can't, then We'll go out and we'll find somebody who is cheaper who brings us, you know, 85% of what you bring. So if that is the way the Lakers approach this with Quinn Snyder, they aren't going to get him. That's just not how this is going to, to go down. Uh, the, the notion of, hey, you can coach the Lakers, you can coach LeBron, the, the, the minting on both of those things has really kind of uh, faded. And if that's what they're relying on and they aren't willing to open up those pocketbooks, then they're going to wind up with somebody not just worse than Quinn Snyder, but potentially worse than Frank Vogel. All right, moving on really quickly to Anthony Davis. We got an update that he won't be playing again until early April at the earliest. And uh, that would fall in line again with what we spoke about at the time of his injury, which was about a six to eight week uh, timetable to return. That, puts him right up against the end of the season and he would have to come back and make an absolute immediate uh, impact in order for, I think, the Lakers to consider it worth it for him to uh, to return. So uh, we'll, we'll stay on that topic as much as we possibly can, but it, it is seeming to follow the trends that we thought at the time of his injury. The Look, foot sprains are difficult. Uh, ankle sprains are something that, you know, are, 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 have been dealt with a lot more. And according to Dr. Jen, when she was on here, there can be more involved with a midfoot sprain than there might be with an ankle sprain. And that's why I thought at the time, okay, yeah, this might be a little bit longer than your typical ankle sprain. And that puts him right up against the end of the season. So, uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed, and we'll see if he can actually impact the season again. But as of right now, uh, the fact that you know the, the the lack of news, honestly, here is not—it's not one of those no news is good news things, is what I'll say. 
All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Make sure you guys check out my conversation with Howard Beck from yesterday. That was really good. I also had an absolute blast listening to uh, Sabrina and Raj uh, discuss the Lakers loss to Philly and their different approaches to the rest of this Lakers season. Uh, I, I I was really excited about that dynamic, and, and it came out to fruition um, absolutely perfectly. So I hope you guys check that out as well of, as all of the writing on Silver Screen and Roll. J- Jacob has been doing a very good job recapping the uh, the winning time episodes and filling you in on some of the gaps that uh, you might not have when looking back on, on that time period. So check out that as well. And until I talk to you guys here in a bit when I record the hook, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.